Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Open our mouths and say something. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, band. What a blessing in Jesus' name today. How God is so good to us to bless us to come and worship the one true God. And we bless his holy and his righteous name. As Before we get into the word of God this morning, pray with me. Holy Father, thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. Thank you, Father, for another day that we can come together to stream and to reach the people of God with the word of God for the purpose of God. Bless us now, O God, I pray. Come now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Touch and strengthen and bless And God, we give you all the glory. That one that's there that may be streaming with us, that don't know Jesus as Savior, Lord, by your own grace, touch him, that one today, and hopefully bring them to Christ. Those that do know you, O God, strengthen their faith, O Lord, that we may continue to serve you and give you glory. We ask it all in that name, that's above all names, Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and all said amen. 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 What a blessing it is to come before you today and to share the word of God with you. Pray for me as I pray for you and as we preach what God will have us to do. But before we get into the message, it is altogether important that we uh, talk about and share a little bit more on our vision and as well as our mission. Although we are still hampered by the coronavirus, It's no excuse to not review the mission and the vision of our church. God has not stopped blessing. God has not stopped doing what God does. God is not keeping us alive for nothing. God is still working in our lives. And so what we want to do is share the mission and the vision with you. The mission is is what we do. It's not that we just come and gather It is we come to touch other people's lives. So what we do at every turn, we are extending God's love without limits, impacting each generation to know and love Christ. There anyone in your life that you can impact for Christ? Let's do that. And as we accomplish the mission, we move closer to the vision of our church, which is to build with God's help a 20,000 multiracial congregation along with a family life center and a K-12 Christian school that morphs into a Bible college to teach and to train future champions of the gospel of Christ for his glory. And so we want to continue to do that. Though we may not be able to reach it ourselves, our God is bigger than all. He can all work it out. So let's remember the vision and the mission of our church and let's do that For Jesus' sake, amen? Amen. Now to the word of God. We're coming from Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. The gospel of Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Dr. Luke writes, Now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. 
And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I do not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well who had been sick. May the Lord add a rich blessing to those who have heard and, and will do and read God's word. You may have your seat in the presence of the Lord. For our topic this morning, we want to use this from great faith come, I'm sorry, with great faith, expect great things. From great faith, express, or ex, uh, expect great things. Scripture declares that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I'm not speaking only about faith in coming to Christ for salvation, but also speaking about faith one must possess in living for Christ. Now, I know you're saying, well, how did this work in with this centurion, this Roman soldier? You see, we all were like that Roman soldier. We were all needing to get to Christ. And if without faith, there's no way that we could do that. Jesus had just finished teaching on the parable about the blind leading the blind and the parable of the two foundations. And as he entered Capernaum, the, the, the text introduces us to a Gentile, a centurion, a Roman army officer who is concerned for his gravely ill servant. And that seems counterintuitive for a Roman to be concerned about a slave. But you see, there's something special about this man who's seeking God for a servant, not for himself. As you may have looked at the text, it wasn't about him. It was about somebody else. I wonder how many of us are all about somebody else rather than our own selves. You see, most of the time we are talking about what's good for me, what's for, for me to do, how, how it should be for me. We got the me-ism. We got to have some other-ism. It's other people. How do we lift up people? You see, Jesus went to the cross out of Calvary, not because he wanted to, but he had to because that's why he came. And he could have not gone, but he did. Why did he do it? He did it for all of us. You see, he was thinking about us. Others rather than himself. He knew that he was going to die on a cross. He knew that he was going to be there in, in death in the grave for three days. He knew that the Father was going to raise him from the dead after three days. He knew that he was going to galvanize his apostles and move forward to spreading the good news of the Lord Jesus. He knew that. You see, the centurion is one of three mentioned in the New Testament. Three people who gave 
evidence of genuine faith. I want to know today. I don't want you to tell me. I don't want you to text me. I don't want you to send me no email. But I do want you to tell God if whether or not you have genuine faith. You see, it's not that so-so faith. It's real faith. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. This man seemed to have real faith. The centurion expressed an attitude and behavior unheard of in a Roman officer. He sought a physical healing for his slave or for his servant. We want to talk about it today. Three things. He sought after Christ. He sensed his unworthiness. He satisfied the call of faith. First, he sought after Christ. I, I don't know. I just kind of wonder in this series season of, of this horrible uh, virus, uh, how many people are really seeking after Christ? How many people outside of the church building that, that they don't know about the Lord Jesus? How many of us uh, are thinking about how we can stay safe but not telling somebody else how to get saved? How many of us have this kind of attitude that we're seeking after God? It's okay to seek God for yourself. But it's better when you begin to seek God for somebody else. When somebody's down on their sickbed, somebody who knows Jesus ought to be seeking God for their help. You don't have to know them personally. You don't have to know all about their business. But the business you ought to know about is to tell Jesus that God, I got a friend. I got an associate. I got a neighbor that needs Christ in their life. That, That children is sick and they're concerned about the other children going to school and not having protection because the governor all these other folk want everybody to go back to school. I'm concerned that we need to begin to pray, not about ourselves, but about those that we are concerned about. He sought after Christ. Now, when he concluded all his saying, talking about Jesus, in the hearing of the people, you can imagine the people following Christ into Capernaum, his home station, so to speak. He entered Capernaum, and a, and a certain centurion's servant, I, I would imagine that God put the word in God in here, not to name the servant, but he's calling him a certain centurion servant. There are a whole lot of centurions, but he said one in particular, who was, he had a servant who was dear to him and was sick and ready to die. I wonder, are you hearing? Because we have some sickness among us today. Not not only about the virus, but we got some spiritual sickness and we're about to die. But when you began to seek God, you began to seek the Lord and his help. We want to pray for our neighbor and our loved ones who don't know the Lord. I pray for my family every day and I hope that you do too. Because everybody in our families are not saved. Everybody in our family don't know Jesus. Everybody in our family trying to do their own thing. Everybody want to do what they want to do, but I want to call on God. I want to seek the Lord. Lord, would you touch him today? Would you move in a mighty way? I can't talk to them as as you can talk to them, Lord. I can't speak to them that you will speak to them, but you can speak by the power of your spirit and they begin to turn around. So we ought to seek Christ can I get a witness? God is working it out. And then they came to Jesus. They begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. I want you to think about this for just a moment. The Jews did not care much about Gentiles. This man was not of the covenant people. He, he was an occupier. He was a soldier in an occupying army and they were known to be ruthless, known to be merciless. 
But now some Jewish elders are coming to talk to Jesus about this man. God has moved on some people's hearts. Oh, I wish God would move today in America. But these men, these elders, they came to Jesus on behalf of a Gentile. On behalf of somebody not in the covenant people. On behalf of a man that's seeking God. Somehow they got the word. And he says, for he loves our nation and has built up the synagogue that they took it for real. My friend Capernaum was at the center of Jesus' Galilean ministry. And he walked through the dusty streets. The Lord encountered Jewish elders campaigning for a cause of a centurion that Jesus would come and heal his servant. I want to stop for a moment and share that Jesus told his people and he told some other Gentiles that I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. There was a woman in another story that Jesus had an encounter with that she had great faith and she was a Gentile woman and he said I, I can't give you the food that come that I got to give to the children of God but this woman said that Lord surely you can let the crumbs fall from the table and, and I'll be happy with that mock translation and and he said, great is your faith in you. You may have what you need. My friend, there's something unique and interesting about the soldier who challenged the prevailing attitude on relationship between a Roman soldier and a slave. I want you to know, church, that when the people of God, you and I, when we began to have a prevailing attitude and a relationship with God in a special way about all the things around us, I believe that God will come up and do something great. From great faith come great things. If you trust him, if you believe him, if you've got faith that God can do it, I'm here to tell you that he can do it. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about our country. I'm talking about our community. I'm talking about our state. We know, my friend, when the children of God cast aside all of their foolishness, call on the Lord God of heaven, humble themselves under the Lord God, and begin to pray. Bible says that Jesus said, call me, and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty thing that you do not know. I, I want to see him do great and mighty thing, but what do you want him to do? I want him to begin to move in our hearts. I want to begin to move on the president. I want to begin to move on the governor. I want to begin to move on all the people and begin to touch folk and they begin to be concerned about somebody else rather than their own thing. Can y'all you with me today? Sometimes folk don't want you to talk about politics. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about saving souls. I'm talking about putting our country back together. I'm talking about love. Love is what I'm talking about when you have love one to another God can do something with us he can do something for us and we began to praise him brother Lance got up and said we're going to praise him in the name of Jesus don't wait till the battle's over shout now we got the victory right now if we come together and seeking God The centurion commander of 100 Roman soldiers had a special concern for his slave. And somewhere, somehow, he had heard about one called Jesus. I don't know why. He didn't have Facebook. He didn't, he didn't have Snapchat. 
He didn't have none of these conveniences that we have today. They, they, they didn't even have a, a mobile phone. Oh, are you with me? But somehow the communication got to his ears. Then he heard about Jesus. I wonder what he heard. I can just go in my own mind and say, but maybe he heard about God, about Jesus walking and talking and sharing and lifting up. Maybe he heard about Jesus raising the dead. Maybe he heard about Jesus healing the sick. Man with blind eyes, he gave him sight to see. One who couldn't talk, he touched him, and now he can talk. One who was dead, he raised him from the dead. Maybe he heard that. And I can imagine he said, I want some of that. How and what did he hear about Jesus? To us, it's really not known. But we can assume that somehow he heard and accepted that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, my friend, it doesn't matter if you're not a Gentile, if you're from across town, downtown, south side, north side. It really doesn't make any difference. But if you got faith in God, then he can make a difference. You see, we can believe then that God taught him. We can believe that the Holy Spirit enlightened him. And we can believe that the Lord accepted him. And he began to have a nation, began to love a nation. Talking about the centurion whom he had been sent to trample upon rather than to rule. Not only that, but he sensed his own unworthiness. You know, that's a major factor and people coming to know God is a major factor in people really serving God. Some people say, yes, I know him, but they live like they don't know him. But my friend, when you sense your own unworthiness, it's not about putting yourself down. It's just telling the truth to God about who you really are. You see, he knows the heart because the Bible declares that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's a rhetorical question. Only God knows the heart. So he knew the heart of this man he said he sensed his unworthiness in verses 6 and 7 then Jesus went with them and when he was already not far from the house the centurion sent friends to him saying to him Lord do not trouble yourself for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof I love seven therefore I did not even think myself worthy to come to you but to say a word Say a word. Lord, just speak a word to my situation. Speak a word to my family situation. Speak a word to my work situation. Just speak a word, Lord. And I know that my servant will be healed. Think about that kind of faith. I'm not worthy that I can even come to see you. I'm not worthy that I even that you can even come under my roof. It's not that I don't have a nice house. I'm just not worthy, but just speak a word. And I know. It didn't say I think about it. it didn't say I believe about it. I know my servant will be healed. You see, friends, this is the second delegation that he sent to Jesus. First, he sent the elders of the Jews, and now he sends friends to Jesus with a humble message. Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Say a word. Oftentimes in our hearts, we all we need Jesus to do. <laughs> Say a word. Lord, I'm discouraged and depressed about what's going on around me. But say a word and touch today. 
I'm calling on the Lord today if, if, I'm, if I'm by myself. Uh, Lord, say a word to the United States of America. Say a word for revival in this place. Say a word that the people of God can really come together. Say a word and work it out in Jesus' name. Say a word, Lord. You see, there's something to be said for humility that described this Roman soldier. The centurion may not have heard what the scripture says about humility, but he lived it. That's a thing that's missing in the lives of Christians as well as non-Christians. Humility. You see, my friends, humility is a freedom from arrogance that that grows out of the recognition that all of us have and have come from God. The Greek philosophers despised humility because it implied inadequacy, lack of dignity, and worthlessness. But all on the other hand, biblical humility is a recognition that by ourselves we are inadequate without dignity and worthless. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I say to God, I'm not worthy, Lord, to even stand and preach your word. I'm not even clean enough, but God, you had mercy on me. You called me to do what you wanted me to do. And I give you glory, and I want to stay right where I am and do what you asked me to do. It is not a belittling of oneself. Rather, and an exalting or praising or talking to others, especially about God and Christ. Thus, a humble person focuses more on God and others more than on himself. That, is, that describes that centurion. In James 4.10, he says this, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Oftentimes, I see Christians who are supposed to know this, that, or the other thing. And they walk around as though they got all the answers to all the questions. And they don't even know the questions. And they have this attitude that they, they say that they're humble. But you can tell by just their demeanor, they're not humble. The Bible says humble yourself. It's an action word that you have to do yourself. Now I want to give you a little tip. Don't ask God to humble you. If you ask him to humble you and when you wake up out of your sleep, you're on the back on your back and you can't get up. You can't move and somebody got to nurse you. And you began to call God, Lord, why did you do this to me? I can imagine God saying to you, you asked me to humble you, so I'm humbling you to get with it. Come on and talk to me. That means I'm going to have to humble myself and under the God's mighty hand and then the Lord will lift me up I don't want to be above where I don't need to be I want to stay right where God got me to be so I can praise him and give him all the glory verse 7 tells us plainly how the centurion got Jesus' attention he said in this in verse 7 I did not even think myself worthy to come to you but say the word and my servant will be healed in this he displayed a true sense of unworthiness, a true sense of humility to receive the Lord Jesus. He didn't think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Oftentimes, believers sometimes think of themselves more highly than they ought to think. They begin to think they are higher than other people in the Lord. They think higher than, they have higher themselves than people who don't seem to ascend to their particular height. But I'm here to tell you that God is working all out in Jesus' name. 
Perhaps he was overwhelmed being a Gentile. Maybe he was overwhelmed about the goodness of the Lord. Maybe he was overwhelmed by the, all the Jewish people coming together and praising God. I imagine something had a spark in him and he became what God would have all of us to become. That Jesus was even responding to his request to come and heal his servant. But the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. Ask and you shall receive. How many of us are lacking today? Not because God has run out of anything. I was told by Dr. Richard that God don't run out of nothing. So I'm here to tell you, ask. If you don't get it, well, that's fine. But ask him anyhow. I'm asking God to bless our church. I'm asking God to bless our community. I'm asking God to move by his spirit. I'm asking God to touch us all that we may share the good news of Christ and cause many people to come to know him. I'm asking God all of that. You say, well, Pastor, how is going to happen? I don't know but I'm asking God you see what are we ask according to his will he said he would do it his will is people get saved his will is people get to know him his will is that so ask away Lord touch my community Lord before you get to my community touch my house touch my children's house touch all my folks house Lord touch and in the name of Jesus Lord that they may come to know you not to know me but to know you Lastly, he's satisfied, uh, he is satisfied, the faith call, satisfied of the faith's call, F-A-I-T-H, call. In the last few verses, for I'm also a man placed on authority. I want you to get this, it's kind of tough. But the man makes so much sense to the Savior. Why? Because he understood one who is in authority, and he understood one who's under authority. I'm a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled. Jesus was amazed. He, He was surprised. And not that the Lord didn't know because he knew, but for our learning, he was amazed. Why was he amazed? The Bible declares that Jesus, he said that he came to his own and his own received him not. In other words, they didn't have faith. They had the Septuagint. They had the Old Testament. They knew of the prophecies that Jesus is coming. Yet they didn't pay any attention to it. They were concerned about their land, their prosperous, their prestige, their money, their position. They weren't concerned about what God wanted. They didn't have any faith. God had given them everything. And they turned their backs on him. But this Gentile, this one who who did not come under the covenant thing of Moses and all of that, Jesus marveled at his faith and, and turned around and said to the crowd, Jesus didn't keep it to himself, but all the folk that were around him, he, he turned around and, can you imagine? He just turned, look here, y'all, y'all need to roll up here. Come up, let me holler at you. He said, I'm amazed. Now the crowd is made up of Jews. They're, they're seeking God for themselves. They're, they're kind of out of the way, but they, they want to know God. But, but Jesus, y'all, y'all come, up, come up, come a little closer. That's what I'm going to tell you. I'm amazed at him. I say to you, I have not found 
such great faith, not even in Israel. It's not Israel the nation. It's Israel the people. He didn't find, he is the Savior. He is the long-awaited Messiah. And they had no faith. But this man, an outcast, downtrodden, thrown away, he had the faith that God is seeking. How about you? We live in the richest country in the world. We live in a country that we can do almost anything great. We try to do what we can do, and oftentimes we leave God by the wayside. I remember the elders in the church, now I'm the elder. And they, was, they used to say, we, 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 he brought us from a mighty long way. When you look at your own life, you can begin to say, Lord, you brought me from a mighty long way. I don't want to lose my faith. I want to continue to believe and trust in you. My friend, faith is a belief or a confident attitude toward God involving commitment to do his will for one's life. I don't know about sinning in this man's life, but I know I see it in his life in terms of his servant. Apparently, God is going to work it all out. When we examine the attitude of the centurion, he understood and he met faith's criteria. Furthermore, in verse 9 is the key to the message today. I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Has God found much great faith in America? It was the centurion's faith in Jesus Christ and confident assurance in the healing of his servant that caused the Lord to declare that he had not seen such great faith, not even among his people who was supposed to possess it. From great faith, expect great things. From great faith, expect great things. He sought after Christ. He sensed his unworthiness. He satisfied the call of faith. To you who are believers in Christ, where do you stand on the side of faith? Do you have genuine faith like James talked about it? Do you believe that Jesus came into this world, lived a sinless life, was crucified on a cross, died, and was buried, but on the third day rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God. If you believe that, then the Bible declares that you are saved. Jesus Christ came into this world to give his life a ransom for many, as a ransom to pay the price for your salvation and mine. In Jesus, your Lord. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? For you that don't know Christ today that may have uh, tuned in with us, I'm glad that you did. Is Christ your Savior? Do you just have some words that you say to ward off Christians that are trying to talk to you about the Lord? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? If not, come today and ask him by faith to come into your life and forgive your sins and become your Savior and your Lord. Do it right now. Come. From great faith, expect great things. The centurion expected and received great things. You can do too. I want to share with you, my friends, that we prepare to close, that Jesus Christ came from heaven. 
born of a woman. He came and lived in some 33 years. He ministered to people, raised the dead, healed the sick, done all the wonderful works. One day they put him on a cross and they crucified my Savior. As we like to say during Easter, on a cross far away. It's not very far away because they did it for me. But they put my Jesus on that cross and he died on the cross. They buried him in the Barbara tomb. And on the third day, the Bible declares that Jesus got up out of the grave. He rose bodily out of the grave. Bodily. And he told those who were listening that all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You may be online today and you may feel that there's no hope for you. You may feel that I've done some terrible things and I know Jesus is not going to forgive me. My friend, as long as you've got blood running warm in your veins, as long as you've got air that you're breathing in your lung, you can call on God right now and say, God, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me up from all unrighteousness. Lord, save me. Jesus would do just that. You don't have to wait for tomorrow to be saved. You can do it right now. And you can do it by calling the number that will be on the screen. Don't get confused because here are the voices. The counselor will give you a new counselor. And they're a personal one. And they'll talk to you, pray with you, talk to you, strengthen you, laugh with you, cry with you, and let you know that Jesus loves you. And you can be saved today. Call the number. Sometimes you say, well, I'll call when I get better. My friends, we're not going to get any better. I'll call when I get straightened out. You're not going to get straightened out. Only Jesus is going to straighten us out. Come right now. Don't wait on anybody. Don't let anybody stop you. The, the cross is open to you. We used to sing a song, there's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come before, but there's still room for one more. Are you that one more? Come on. Come on to Jesus Christ today. Give him your heart. And then you, my friend, then you can say with confidence, from great things, from great faith, expect great things. Amen. Amen. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.